0: Love this music. And-
1: the horn pod a ska podcast i'm jj loy and i'm joined as always by Matterhorn horn wixen if you remember that's what i said my fucking
0: name was (laughs) matt wixen i'm matt wixen and i'm the co-host of jj's podcast
1: oh suddenly i'm responsible for this
0: oh yeah this is going (laughs) on to your shoulders my friend
1: Matt, um, episode 007. Yeah. This is actually kind of a, a crucible for a lot of podcasts. Apparently, episode seven is uh, kind of where people poop out, realize that maybe it's not worth the effort. And actually, if you do your math right, because I have numbered all of these very funny uh this is actually going to be our eighth episode right
0: so we're through it because we we had that intro one that was zero zero zero
1: yeah so yeah that was going to be something too people have asked me why why i started with zero and it was because i wasn't sure if the first one was ever gonna see the light of day or not
0: yeah it was sort of a test run and so i guess technically it doesn't count right even though those those albums are still in the canon (laughs) We mean no disrespect to the suicide machines or MU three thirty.
1: Yeah, and that's how good I thought we did is that uh, the throwaway one actually made the cut.
0: I mean, in in retrospect, like we could have just named it one instead of zero. We we really could have. There's really no <laughs> like we can we can <laughs> explain it, but we can't really justify
1: it. It's almost like I set us up to always be explaining it. Well, here we are. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I like to do. I like to sabotage myself yeah, we have that in common, yeah. yeah
0: but,
1: uh, so I guess today we are are getting together, and we're gonna talk about, I guess a little bit of Soul Scott and reggae uh, in the Scott Canon segment especially. Yeah. But to kind of warm us up for it, we thought we'd talk about our favorite soul, ska, and reggae vocalists throughout history. Yeah. Is that is that how you would sum it up? Would you have a better way of saying it? Yeah, I, I think so. No, that's that sounds about right. Um Yeah. It's it's rather than like the last
0: couple of episodes which were kind of like historical, this one's a little easier on us. It's just our opinions and saying nice things about people we like. Yeah. I like that about this episode already. We haven't recorded it yet entirely, but I like that about this episode. Right, lowering the bar a little for us. Yes, we're all <laughs> we we cleared a hurdle. Like we got through that specials episode without anybody calling us at least on uh, any biographical errors or historical mistakes, and we dodged a bullet, in my opinion. And so we're rewarding ourselves now with a little lighter of an episode. Yeah. So when I this this was an idea um, that I I brought up the the soul uh, you know the soul the soulful vocals that you can see especially like in some current neo traditional ska bands but obviously throughout the history of of ska itself um, what did you think of when I first pitched this idea like who were who were the first ones you thought of?
1: I, I, I was immediately interested because I normally just talk about who my favorite singers are, but to kind of slice it into the who's who's my favorite of the soulful singers. You know, like, um, automatically, of course, my favorite Vic Ruggiero is out. Right. He's not, he's not very soulful. He is what he is, but... Um,
0: he, <laughs> that's that's a perfectly good
1: way to describe his voice, yes. And then that that kind of made me think, oh, how many... How many ska bands just aren't going for soulful at all, right? And, and how interesting just how many of them are just kind of eliminated right off the bat. I, then I was just like, oh gosh, I hope I hope my selections aren't too cliched because it's, it's a little bit more of a narrow field than you would even expect. you know once you start really thinking about it, uh, it's kind of true. yeah. It's not it's not everybody, you
0: know. No, it's really, I mean, especially like I know that we have fans, uh, listeners, listener fans who uh, skew more towards the third wave than anything else. And uh, like those bands, it's really hard to find something like in the ska punk realm or the pop ska kind of third wave sound that have like truly soulful vocals. The Pie Tasters sort of straddle the line between, like, the pop ska and, like, the soul ska. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's a very popular opinion, but, like, they have a... And again, like, I'm, I'm really not that familiar with a ton of Pie Taster stuff either, uh, to be honest. But, like, Steve Jackson's vocals are very clearly
1: uh, of the soul persuasion. <laughs> and they're one of those bands that kind of after the third wave definitely skewed more soul, more um, northern soul kind of tunes. Yeah, right, right. And, and weren't afraid to kind of just be like, yeah, we're, we're kind of a generally traditional band, not just, a, not just a ska band, you know. It's not the only reason just the latest one, it seems. It's not by any So, who comes to mind when you, when you pitch this? Who are you wanting to showcase? Like when I had this in mind, I was thinking mostly like modern bands,
0: uh, modern singers, I guess. Uh, so, those were the first ones I thought of, and it would be bands like like Obie Fernandez from Westbound Train. Absolutely. Your child in you look so good
1: some dress on. You've got a way about you, girl. You've got a way. I think you can sleeping that That's actually the, the very first name on my list. Okay. Uh I yeah. I, I goofed and I didn't actually type a list. Oh, that doesn't sound very Matt
0: Wixon. I know, right? I've been I've been busy with other things. I'm sorry. Uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Mark Cooper from Green Room Rockers comes to mind. Yeah,
1: uh, definitely on mine. such a great guy um, i love mark i bet you know him better than me but uh every time i've had a chance to hang out with him he's just so sweet and honestly to watch him sing he is just like flowing with music he is just like i don't know uh he really squeezes out those vocals
0: <laughs> yeah he's one of those guys that really goes for it well while, yeah. while still having like Absolute control over what he's doing. And I owe you that, baby. All through the night, I'll make up to you. Like you want me to. And I will not be gone to you, tell me too Todd Hembrook from Deals Gone Bad. Of course. King Django interesting yeah here's the thing like he I think that's kind of an unconventional choice um we can go into that in a little bit
1: yeah you're not wrong but it's it's not present uh all the time but it's definitely within his capabilities no he definitely like he's he's got at least three different singing voices these he's the Axl Rose of the sky world in that way
0: uh everybody says it everybody says King Django is the Axl Rose of the sky world (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> sure. So like I say, I got Obi Fernandez on mine, I got uh, Mark from Green Room Rockers, for sure. Um, but one you did not mention is Alex and Greg from
0: Hepcat. See, I was going to go there next.
1: Uh, okay. Because I, th- I think that they obviously belong on this as well um and especially because they not only kill it on their own records but i i'd say more than any other vocal team in the modern era they guest star on so many records like they just like yeah they're they are very sought after vocalists and for good reason they're the heavy hitters that get brought in to like to really showcase a new band or to uh to kind of like I don't know. Yeah, bring that attention that a band needs when they're uh, trying to break through. You know that these guys—they bring that authenticity. They bring like a almost a, a blessing. You know.
0: Yeah, it's like a like a rite of passage. It seems for like a certain kind of band to get Greg and Alex on a record. Take
1: your time. The world is
0: So wait, so um are the agro-lights viable for this? Jesse Wagner is a killer vocalist.
1: I I really thought about that and um like he's he's got a lot of strength, but I'm not sure I don't know why why don't I feel like like he belongs on here. Ooh, interesting. Mm. What's wrong with me? He's more talky than singy? It, it's more like almost just yelling. <laughs> Right, he's got the the power.
0: He belts, but I kind of maybe you're right, maybe it's not really quite soulful.
1: In that same way that I don't want to put Glenn up there from the slackers either because there there is there's is something I really like about Glenn, but it's not I don't know. Oh man, I'm in a weird realm here. What what am I saying? As far as Glenn goes, cuz I was also going to bring Glenn up. Um like
0: I with this context, like, because I guess I never, like I said, I didn't make a list. I didn't put a ton of thought into this episode. <laughs> and I'm sorry. But, um, like, since you, what you said about Jesse, like, I, I can see what you mean, like, with some of Glenn's slacker's songs. Uh, he is kind of just shouting. But then you have songs like What Went Wrong, which is a total, like, a straight-up soul song. And he's doing incredible, like, just soulful vocals. Over and over in my head and I
1: know why, why i'm feeling bad about this okay i i, I guess because i immediately when when i when i started thinking in this way that it was kind of a put down but it, it isn't no um i think when you said soulful ska soulful reggae that evoked a certain kind of smooth maybe even funky um emotional on top of powerful and reggae isn't that a lot of the times and like i, sh- I don't feel right. bad to say that like certain dudes like Dave Barker,
0: the Aggro man is back from his black on shit.
1: May have a soulful kind of voice, but isn't isn't going to be on my list necessarily, you know? Because he's more of a, because he's he's got a more of a different style, and he's not he's maybe not shouting, but he's definitely going for a. Right. A sound with his voice, you know, instead of a, a mood. I don't know what I'm saying. I feel you, yeah. I hope the, I hope the listeners are with me on this if, if they're hearing me <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know that's what soul, go. Dave Barker to me kind of reminds me like of a James Brown type, where it's technically soulful, but it's not like there's a big gap between like a
1: James Brown and a Sam Cooke. Right. Okay. That's where. Yeah. You're talking about like two different poles of the of the spectrum. Yeah. Right.
0: I don't know who's gonna get mad at me for saying like, well, when we're talking about soul, maybe James Brown isn't the right guy. Cause I mean, yeah, sure, he's he's known for funk. Funk is sort of part of soul or whatever. But I think that there are some... Like, I wouldn't necessarily... I don't really think of James Brown as a soulful vocalist, even though the music is in that realm.
1: What's your feeling on Toots? Because I feel like Toots definitely belongs on the list of some of the most soulful Scott and reggae singers. Oh, yeah, no, I... I I mean that's that seems to me to be like the
0: most obvious answer from like the early reggae period that you know or or the ska period or the ska period. And
1: I I completely agree too but just for devil's advocate um he's kind of a little bit in that James Brown realm too, you know, power funky kind of shouty. But he
0: also has just an incredibly smooth voice yeah and when he when he's when he sings he can sing like he's obviously got power but like he's silky smooth yeah.
1: it sounds like we are kind of kind of narrowing in on, on kind of an agreed vibe huh yeah somewhere between Toots and obi fernandez yeah is our agreed upon <laughs> kind of thing are we making a mini
0: canon of what is and is not soul sky i guess i don't know what <laughs>
1: So I guess while we're going uh, back in time a little bit, uh, I definitely think uh, a man like Jackie Opal needs to be mentioned. Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I, like I mean, it's it's I feel like it's kind of easy to find a lot of
1: like early like Jamaican oldies, the ska Rocksteady, etc. Especially in the Rocksteady period, because I think Rocksteady is very much to showcase that. Especially Rocksteady,
0: yeah. Um, like, there are so many vocalists uh, from that era that are, like, that music was directly influenced by soul of that time, or just before that time. And so you have people like, Elton Ellis has a great voice. Ken Booth has a great voice. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of them in that era, too.
1: Ken Booth especially, just like really really speaks to my heart sometimes I don't know like I find his music to be uh, very poignant
0: he's got one of those emotional
1: voices right right there's a longing there's a yeah it tugs at you yeah
0: speak softly love and hold me warm against your heart I feel the words the tender trembling moments start my life is yours And now because you came into my world with love, so softly love.
1: Uh, I can't help but notice that so far we've only been mentioning uh, male artists. Oh, no. Uh, I was like, okay, well, let let me do some looking back and name check some of my favorite first wave female vocalists. And I noticed a lot of these ladies seem to be going for a kind of fragile girly sometimes off tune like in the not off tune exactly but off kilter maybe in the in terms of like kind of a millie small um patsy right sort of like a it's almost like
0: bounce bouncy childlike kind of right tone.
1: yeah no I, I totally know what you mean and so i was like a lot of these my favorite female vocalists aren't really in the soul realm either but i picked a few you got any Go ahead and name some, and
0: I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll see what you come up with, and see if I think you've missed anybody. How about that?
1: I think a real obvious is Doreen. I think yes. uh, Doreen Schaefer, who's who's best known as the vocalist that comes out with the Scatellites on tour. She's still on tour uh, with the band that, that's called the Scatellites these days, and uh, she's very matronly these days. Uh, I don't know how she came off in the old days, but um, she definitely does have that fragile side. She definitely has a a, a delicate voice. But, yeah, um, I was I was gonna
0: say like her voice is definitely a smaller voice, but right, she she still like in 2020 has one of the most enjoyable voices to listen to, you know?
1: Yeah, I, it, but I yeah, I definitely think it, it 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 can be considered soulful and a lot of a lot of tunes. Yes, Phyllis Dillon for sure. Yes, um, Dawn Penn. For sure. Yep, I was thinking of Don as well. Talk about How Do You Raise Your Kid in the Ghetto. Powerful ass song. Uh, no, No, No. You Don't Love Me Anymore. Right. So soulful. Yeah. I like, mean, forget yeah, about
0: yeah. It. I mean, that was, again, I didn't make a list. I wasn't expecting the prompt of, who are the women? <laughs> uh, but like, <laughs> uh, Doreen and Don Penn were like the first who I thought of. Black And
1: I guess uh, one that really stands out so much to me, and I don't know, uh, every time I catch this song looking through my collection, I just go crazy. The the version of Blackbird by uh, Rosalind Sweet and the Paragons. I don't think I've heard that. Oh, the, they 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 flip the arrangement just a little bit. It's so much better than the the Beatles cut, and uh, the harmony is so amazing. As far as like old soulful vocal tunes. Uh, from the Jamaican era yeah Blackbird by the Paragons you were
0: only for this moment to be. I will have to check that out unless you're playing it right now under my voice
1: <laughs> oh you, you can count on that <laughs>
0: More recently, I think I mean I know that you are not into say Ferris. I think that Monique Powell has a very soulful voice. Yeah, I hear that. Um, also like she is she was trained as an opera singer. So like she kinda has Right. I mean opera is not soul, but like she has pipes kind of embedded into her being.
1: <laughs> yeah, she can definitely hit the notes she needs to hit. Then of course you've got I mean you've got these like one offs like what Daptone Records is, is playing with. They'll right. they'll take a straight up soul song and, and turn it into a rock steady tune, you know. Right. Um, it kind of broadens the discussion a little.
0: Yes. Uh no, Sharon Jones uh had a tickler remix of one of her songs. It is so killer. Yeah. Like that that kind of stuff is made. Like I mean, obviously Daptone has Scott and reggae fans and musicians like in house, like their funk soul label that knows a lot about Jamaican music, and I love that they bring some of that into some of their releases. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, everything by Tikla, all his remixes are amazing.
0: Uh, but one one band and this. I'm not sure how you're gonna react to this. My absolute favorite vocalist in ska music, who I think has an incredibly soulful voice, uh, is Angelo Moore from Fishbone.
1: Oh, of course! Like
0: that's, and they're obviously like they're all over the map, and they arguably created the third wave sound. And Angelo's got an incredibly soulful voice, and like absolutely. What happened to the rest?
1: Like, why doesn't why didn't anybody carry that on after they launched that whole sound? Because because innocence, innocence fishbone is an inheritor of of James Brown and P Funk and all of that. Like they've put out yes legitimate canon funk records, you know. Yes, and that yeah, that's not like like I said. There's no there's no DNA coming down the line in a lot of ways for that. In a way,
0: and. This is going to be more controversial. Bradley Noel from Sublime had a soulful voice. Like a really he oh, was yeah. a he was a strong singer, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that considering like what the band is and what their legacy is and yeah. everything. He's a really strong vocalist.
1: Yeah, I think we kinda kind
0: of hit the spread didn't we i would say so i all we did was name people and then agree that they're good <laughs> <laughs> welcome to
1: podcasting just list things well i think that i think that might be kind of what people are looking for you know a little little affirmation and some some recommendations sometimes yeah i mean if if people uh listen to this like they say they do they're probably
0: just Recounting these names and either agreeing with us enthusiastically or disagreeing with us vehemently, and like that's yeah. we're just talking about ska, whatever.
1: Yeah. You want to do some uh, listener feed the back? Uh-
0: Listener Feedback is the segment where you, the listener, get the chance to speak your mind, offer corrections, or otherwise, join the conversation. If you want to submit feedback to the show, reach out to the HornPod page on Facebook, comment in the HornPub Facebook group, or go to anchor.fm hornpod and click on the voice message link. Hey, uh, JJ, guess what? What? We've received our first voicemails. What?
1: Yeah! We begged. I've been begging for it, and it finally happened. We begged and we pleaded, and
0: we got not one, but two voicemails for this episode.
1: Such rapid succession. I really couldn't believe it. Um, Exponential growth. Yes, I guess it was just time for it to happen. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, let's, let's listen to this very first one we got. Um... Big up to a man like Tony Gemba, and here's what he has to say. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is uh, Tony Gemba. I play the drums in the brunt of it currently. Uh, I used to uh, quote-unquote sing and play the theremin for the Boston Jolly Pirates. Been in many other bands since, and before and after and all that. I just want to say I love your podcast. I truly love it, and uh, I've been telling everyone to listen to it. And uh, maybe I'll talk to the brunt of it about doing a, uh, you know, a new intro, a little 30-second quickie, ska-core style. And my recommendation: do an episode about ska-core. And let's be real, the mighty mighty boss phones are the godfathers of ska-core. I don't want to hear that Operation Ivy stuff. All right, Later. So, uh, what do you th- what do you think about that, Matt? Should we do a ska-core episode? I mean, well, first of all, I just want to say that I love the Brunt of It. Um, I don't know if Tony
0: was in the band the last time I played with, played a show with Brunt of It. But as as for the topic, I think we absolutely should do a Scott core episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got to. I yeah. Yeah, it sounds so great. I mean, we <laughs> we we set up our episode numbers to have three digits. We're
1: not gonna skip out on a whole subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I guess we were we were destined to do it. But yeah, we should do it sooner than later, maybe. Yeah, maybe who knows? Maybe it'll be the next episode. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I gotta say, he's our first one. I kinda wanna encourage this kind of behavior. Maybe Oh yeah, maybe jump the line. Maybe we should maybe we should definitely do that Ooh, it's a reward. Asking ye shall receive? Yeah, maybe so.
0: Alright. Also, he mentioned uh, the possibility of Brunovit covering our theme song, which is another thing we pitched last time. I would be absolutely floored if Boo Fish, the singer of Brunnovit, sang my dumb ska jingle. I absolutely want this to happen. So, Tony, anybody else who may be listening from Brunovit, please do that. Since we're on this topic, who who would you be most impressed by? Like who who would you think is like the the top of the
1: line? oh dude, I would shit a brick if real big fish did one <laughs> <laughs> well shit
0: <laughs> I was thinking a lot smaller, but I also really want
1: real big fish to do this. I mean, honestly, like yeah, toasters, slackers I would I would be so just amazed King Django. <laughs> Yeah. I want to hear, I want to hear what people could do. Could do with this. I want to see what heights and lengths they could take this little jingle. Remix artists. Get
0: your band in the studio or when you're in the studio, you know, make an extra hour to lay down some tracks for a 30-second song. We will definitely play <laughs> it. And we will be your biggest fans for that song only, possibly for longer,
1: no guarantees. And honestly, like, I, I say all these big bands, but, like, I think it would even be greater to just hear what regular people could come up with, too, you know? Like like non-musicians? In that, right. In that, <laughs> that egalitarian, all things being equal, age of the internet kind of thing. Sure. If you think you could pull out an amazing one, you just being you, like,
0: shit. We've already used the one that uh, Sean added horns to. Is still, like, my recording, but Sean added his horns to it, and that's probably just at his house you've got recording equipment probably see what you can come up with do it on a ukulele do it on a piano i don't care tony thank you so much uh i think that the next episode is going to be about skycore because you are our first voicemail and we appreciate you
1: And we got another one, this time from a name I recognize from the Horn Pub page. Yeah. Um, And you said you recognize his name, too. You know this guy, Gary Woodruff? Yeah, he used to go, like, his scene name is
0: Garty, G-A-R-T-Y. Yeah, I know him. I was in a Connecticut-based ska core band, which kind of ties all this shit together today.
1: (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, let's hear what he has to say. Hey Matt and JJ, it is Gardy from CT ska. Love the show, but I gotta say that I really disagree
0: with you guys on the addition of more specials to the canon. Uh, listen to the album, and it just doesn't do it for me. And I really don't feel like it's something that someone needs to listen to to understand, you know, the history and the foundations of ska and what ska music is. Um, I think the hits are those two singles and the stuff on the original self-titled specials. I really just don't think the hits or the important music is on more specials. So, love the show, but I think you guys really got this one wrong.
1: Gary Woodruff, more like Goofy Woodruff. I'm sorry, but uh, more specials. I was not wrong. No, I don't. With all due respect, Gary... Yeah, you're just, you're
0: off on this one, my friend. More like Gary Wood off. <laughs> um, I just, okay, their, their cover of Enjoy Yourself, Rat Race, Man at CNA, Hey Little Rich Girl, Do Nothing. That's like the, that's the first first five songs. Those are all crucial special songs,
1: all five of them. And, and I, think, I think what I said kind of stands to is that this is the record that opened up Scott quite a bit more. It gave us this idea that it can be Scott plus so much else. And I think without, I think without more specials, you're you're not uh, you're not really hearing the two tone sound. You're not really hearing what's possible with Scott, especially in regards to this band. So uh, uh, rejected. They're standing in the cannon. Come on. Yeah.
0: And and okay, I'll be fair. I'll level with you, Gary. I don't listen to more specials that often. Um, it's not my favorite. Well, it's obviously not my favorite specials album. It's probably my second favorite, but like, <laughs> it's kind of a little bit of a distant second. That said, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not important. And I think this is one of the most important Star Records of all time.
1: Um, it is interesting though that um, you know, kind of while while promoting that episode and kind of talking to people online. The specials in general, the two-tone sound is, is not uh, as widely regarded. I, I, I read a very lively discussion on Reddit uh, with a lot of people criticizing the specials quite a bit. Um, I sent you uh, that Rolling Stones article from the 70s that was supposed to be a madness review but ended up just bitching about the specials more than anything. <laughs> Well, you can't please everybody. It is so off target and so like condescending, but it's true. Like you know, these are not universally regarded things. So yes, I, I, I imagine that uh, there are people that agree with Gary, and uh, and some that might even go a step further and say they they just don't care for the specials at all. But uh, I stand by. Well, those by people
0: it. are very wrong. <laughs> so I've I've got something else kind of along this this line. My friend Tony, my buddy Tony Berrigan, he played drums in the Exceptions in the Parker Kings here in Detroit, texted me after we dropped that el- uh, that episode and told me that he thinks the Too Much Too Young EP should have been added into the canon along with the other two specials records we put in.
1: Um, well, remind me. I guess I'm, I uh, wasn't looking at that. Too Much Too Young is is on their first first record, right? Right.
0: Okay, so th- there was an EP. It was well, I guess I don't know if it was a single or EP or whatever. That was it was a live cut of Too Much Too Young, I think. Plus Guns of Never Own on the A-side and the B-side
1: was a Skinhead Symphony. Um and I do think that we talked about that in person, but I think that maybe we cut out that part of the discussion from the final edit. How do you feel about about his criticism that we
0: we missed one crucial specials record from that era
1: uh, I think that is something that we did learn while talking about the specials is that there is some stuff that is very crucial uh, to the scene that just didn't appear on their major releases and if if we've oversighted that on one more with this EP uh, damn let's correct it right now let's do a rare. Inside the Listener Feedback Canon Entry yeah. <laughs> this, is
0: what I, this is what I was hoping for, baby I wanted to surprise you with a Canon judgment
1: <laughs> Oh shit, let me get out my my Scott Cannon tool bag, I wasn't ready, man Oh my god, hold on, let's ah, see here <laughs> Off guard, baby <laughs> Alright, so the Too Much Too Young EP from uh, What, 1979, I take it? Uh, I think it was 80, but somewhere in there, yeah Sure um, <laughs> let's, let's, we didn't put a lot of thought into this I clearly I tell you it's just It's just a bag of scraps Just, just. Anyway uh, <laughs> In the cannon. Yes We got a secret
0: cannon edition How about that I can bring you in warm Or I can bring you in cold
1: And uh, one more a little bit of listener feedback. We've been hearing from our man, Courtney Kloss, from the uh, Prize Fighters, right? Yeah, so uh, the
0: Prize Fighters reached out to the podcast to let us know that on Friday, March 13th, they are dropping a digital single for a song called the Prize Fighter Beat. It's, all, it's a fundraiser thing. They're raising money for longtime friend of the band Jen Jock Jams Larson sorry Jenny Jock Jams Larson who uh, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and she's been cheering the band on for all these years and so they're dropping a digital single it's the Prizefighter beat which is kind of an old song that was a fan favor but never got recorded and then on the B side which I think interests you more than anybody uh huh well why don't you tell them I got the A side, you got the B side.
1: <laughs> I was just on our uh, little group page there, not even little, our huge group page there, talking yeah. about my love of spaghetti western Scott, which is a really weird, you wouldn't think, knowing what, what most people do about Scott, that there would be a significant subgenre of cowboy theme ska music, but there really is. And (laughs) once you start hearing it, you hear it everywhere. And it's almost like every band's got one of these tunes too. So while I was commenting about how much I loved that and asking for recommendations, Courtney hits me up and is like, Hey, check this out in that same way that you wouldn't expect things to be kind of cowboy, that new star Wars show, the Mandalorian kind of skews a little cowboy. And so what they've done is made a a
0: straight up Western to be fair.
1: But yeah, so so the Prize Fighters, uh, fantastic little trad band f- uh, from your hometown, uh, have have covered the Mandalorian theme in a in a spaghetti western ska style, and it is fucking magic. Let me tell you,
0: it, it's called a fistful of credits theme from the Mandalorian. Uh, play on a fistful of dollars, an old western movie. Um. Also, did you just say the prize fighters are from my hometown? Aren't they? They're from Minneapolis. Oh, ooh. My bad.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> my apologies to the prize fighters. <laughs> Alright. Prizefighters big up your new hit. And uh, new music from the prize fighters hitting real shortly.
0: Yeah. And what one last piece of, of listener feedback. You know, you know a guy. You know a guy called Colin Giles? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, great musician. Yes, he is a great musician. He uh, he reached out uh, after the specials episode just to let us know that we were awesome and to keep up the great work. And when I mentioned last time about people covering our theme song, and I mentioned the Weeds theme song, yeah, uh, he clued me in and said that he did a version of it himself that almost made it to the show.
1: Sucks that it didn't
0: yeah would have been um, so cool so since he's a fan uh i'll also let you know that colin giles that's g-i-l-e-s has a version of little boxes the theme song from weeds out there on youtube you can check out if you want a nice little reggae cover of that song uh and you should because it's great and thank you so much colin for listening
1: yeah thank you colin that's that's such an honor thank you so much I agree. All right. The Ska Cannon is a segment. Here we go. Where two Ska aficionados decide which albums will be accepted by all future Ska scholars as key to shaping the ongoing definition of Ska. See? All that applies to more specials. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Tonight on the Ska (laughs) Cannon... <laughs> uh, we are going to be uh, talking about, uh, I guess, first off, how about Westbound Train from 2006? Transition.
0: Let me just let me just tell you this right now: Transitions by Westbound Train is one of the greatest ska albums of the past 20 years, at least. It, now, you know what? Past 30 years. I'll give them at least 30 years.
1: Okay, so you you're giving them best of including the third wave. Yes.
0: Going all the way back through the like I mean 30 years ago is 1990.
1: So would you say they're one of your top 10 of all time?
0: Possibly, yeah. Like I absolutely love this album. <laughs> they're on your mountain. They yeah,
1: they're they're on the mountain, baby. They're on the mountain. <laughs> Beyond the canon lies the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to have to have a higher honor than canon. <laughs> it's a whole wonderland of criticisms.
0: <laughs> we're just we're just building harder and harder things to agree with.
1: <laughs> and you've got to roll certain numbers to get to. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a big record for you. Yes. All right. I, I really like a lot of the tunes on this. I wouldn't say it's, it's one of my top records. Um, Fair enough. Uh, but it is, it is the record that made me really first pay attention to Westbound Train. Sure. Because, you know, like, they were kind of coming up in the early 2000s, and, you know, things were a little cool in the scene. Yeah. But I definitely started feeling things happening around 2005. And they were definitely one of one of the things that was kind of bubbling up, catching my attention and this record made me go, "Oh, I was sleeping on westbound train. I, I need to pay attention." And uh, yeah, this record's top notch.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. And like I mean we've already kind of touched on this one element uh, when we were talking about Greg and Alex from Hapcat guesting on songs, right. This album's got two songs with Alex Desire on them. It's
1: a soul revival! It's a soul revival,
0: people! Grab your hands and stomp your feet, baby!
1: Yeah, he adds so much fun to this record. Fatty, fatty, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, Beyond being just a fun song in itself. Boom boom songs have always been kind of a thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're a big fan of boom boom songs, are you? Do you remember a song from the '90s <laughs> called uh, I don't even know what it's called, but it goes boom boom boom. Let's go back to my room. Oh yeah, the Vanga Boys. Of course, I know that song. Oh okay.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> boom 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 boom. I want you in my room. And then there's boom.
1: Shake shake the room. Boom boom boom. When you hear you say hey y'all. All oh, right. So I think boom is just like an amazing word, you know? And so I was always putting together like boom sets on my show. (laughs) And fatty 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 boom boom is so good. It's so good. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, one of the things that was kind of happening in the early 2000s was there was there was definitely kind of a, a backlash against the whole party vibe, and there was a real serious tone coming up. And that's one of the things I really liked about Westbound Train is they were taking their craft very seriously. It's very jazzy, very musical theory, yeah. very complex, but uh, not too experimental. Like, th- this record is very rooted in tradition, and... Uh, Yeah, I just really liked the effort, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all incredibly competent musicians. (laughs) A lot of the instrumentalists went through Berklee College of Music, which is like a premier music performance. I don't know what the right word is. Conservatory?
1: Okay. I don't know. They know their stuff, though. Yeah, they're like
0: actual jazz heads. They're dudes that know their instruments on the most professional of levels. It's a soul. And for the record, uh, Rich Graeco, the trumpet player of West Montrain, is one of my all-time favorite horn players. Um, he's just... Dead sexy. I mean, I can't say enough nice things about him. I also love him as a person. Uh, <laughs> but he's like... There's not a trumpet player, in ska music at least, that I would pick over Rich uh, if I had my pick of anybody. Yeah, uh, I don't know what else to say about this record other than I legitimately don't find anything skippable. It's 16 tracks of just incredible ska and reggae and soul
1: and jazz all in there. Um, and what I like about it is that I, I feel like the, the neo-trad movement tracked a little behind the ska-punk of the third wave, and I think some of the best neo-trad really came came around this era. I think what Westbound Train is at once very contemporary to their time, but also just just very much... Rooted in in Jamaican tradition and uh, and doesn't come off bad in any way. It's just yeah, it's just a fantastic record. It is indicative of this time. I think it definitely needs to go in the canon. I agree. Ooh, can I tell
0: a real quick Westbound Train story? Please. <laughs> so one time I uh, I played a show opening for westbound train uh just me by myself and my parents came to the show it was in howell michigan which if you know anything about howell michigan you have a preconception it's just kind of a a garbage town that doesn't even really matter it just garbage town (laughs) (laughs) um my my parents came and uh I had pre- I had put uh, a Westbound Train song on a mix CD. I used to make my mom mix CDs for Mother's Day yeah. of like stuff stuff I liked that I thought she might like, and she really liked this one Westbound Train song. And before the show. Uh, me and some of the guys from Westbound Train and my parents uh, like walked our, like down the block and we all had Chinese food together and my mom was like kind of embarrassingly like, I love you guys my son played me some music by you <laughs> and I'm like, oh gosh And but it was also like I was really happy that my mom had that little thing I, I, I love that Westbound Train is like probably the one ska band
1: that my mom actually likes no that, that's definitely one of the things I, I really like about Scott music is that there is a big portion of it that um, doesn't doesn't bother grandma. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that yes. doesn't bother any of the olds around.
0: Like grandma's probably not listening to Voodoo Glow Skulls, right. But she might fuck with Westbound Train. Westbound Trains, 2006 album *Transitions* is officially Scott Cannon. Go. There we have it. Next up, we're going to the Midwest with the next one. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago in particular. Oh yeah, that's in the Midwest. We're talking about *The Ramblers* by *Deals Gone Bad*. <laughs>
1: What's, what's been your experience with Deals Gone Bad? Uh, there was a while there where it seemed like Deals Gone Bad were just kind of popping over to St. Louis for any old damn reason. It was really nice. <laughs> That's weird because they... They used to play in Michigan like
0: six times a year,
1: <laughs>
0: and I I love that there's other parts nearby that they were doing that same thing. Yeah,
1: I think the idea of a micro tour is very doable to a band their their size and uh, stature at the time. Yeah, and it kind of stinks. Uh, I haven't quite quite seen them come by. And it's just like it's it stinks. It's like it's just just right there. Yeah, but. I also think part of it is that we haven't really had a lot of uh, supporting bands. One of our groups that they would always play with the Murder City players, kind of, they didn't break up, but they they only play out maybe once or twice a year now. Gotcha. Um, and we just now got this new group. They're not even that new anymore, but they still feel new to me because we haven't had one in so long. A, a legit ska band in town, Boomtown United. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe we'll start seeing deals gone bad a little bit more. I think deals gone slack might be coming through. Soon, which is not the not the full group, but them uh I think it's Todd and Glenn from the Slackers, is that right? Yeah, and various I mean I'm not sure who they've got in the lineup this time, but on the
0: last last time they did this tour, they had Spider from Deals Come Bad, the bassist, and they had the drummer of Green Room Rockers, and it was just like a whole whole family affair kind of thing. Yeah, it's nice. And it was a really good show. Anyway, so let's let's talk about The Ramblers.
1: Yeah, so The Ramblers, um, I definitely heard some deals gone bad, recorded material, and, you know, noted it. I, I think um, they did a cover of Lonely Old Town. I played a few times. Yeah. Um, but that was back with their previous singer. Mike Park, No Relation. And so, yeah, I guess I'd seen him live a few times right before The Ramblers. And then when The Ramblers hit, I was definitely like... Okay. Somebody's kinda doing what the slackers are doing. Yeah. Part of me was a little knee jerky Well, I've got the slackers, I don't need this. Fair. But no, I definitely I definitely checked out that record and definitely enjoyed a lot of tunes off of it and and for sure during the The tenure on the radio uh, played just a ton off of this record. It hits a lot of the bases that the Westbound Train record hit. Yes. But I think it skews a little bit more rock and a little bit more experimental. What would you consider experimental about it? I feel like they're like little Sergeant Peppery kind of moments um, that you wouldn't hear on like an older ska tune. Interesting. You were only
0: but one man. You have only but two hands that can never fill the space or you just have the face moving on. Walk around feeling you being caught. Honestly, I I never considered that. I mean, I guess like they there's some songs like there's banjo in a song. Right.
1: Uh, like they're not weird. going too far out, but they're they're definitely folding in a little, you know.
0: Right. No, they're definitely it's definitely not I wouldn't consider this a traditional ska band or traditional ska record, for okay. the same reason I wouldn't consider the Slackers a traditional ska re- band, um, okay. because they do have. Yes, I agree. There's other stuff in here to a point where it's clearly ska, but like they're not doing something Jamaicans would do with it. it so rehearse, years... Yeah, this is another one of those albums, like uh, like transitions that. I could. I don't. I don't know if I put it quite as high. Uh, like I don't know if it's on the whatever mountain or whatever the fuck <laughs> I'm building <laughs> as a second canon. Uh, but it's definitely a can. It's definitely possibly a candidate for that. It's another one of these albums that I just like front to back love it. It's got some killer songs. Todd's voice is amazing. Yeah, really
1: strong what do you vocals. Some really catchy
0: songs. Uh, it's not it's not cheesy. Some of it's even kind of cryptic. Like it's just so. It's such a cool record.
1: Um, I like that it does kind of play into some traditions in lyrics. They 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 touch on some themes that I really enjoy in Scott music of, of perseverance. Yeah, they've got a tune. Things are gonna get better. Uh, One more day, moving on. Like even even the even the the titles kind of betray this this kind of like positivity that is something yeah. i really love about this music you know
0: yeah like all of these song titles just like if you just look at the song titles they all look like rock study songs
1: even rough and ready it's kind of like that's a good like getting dressed montage song you know <laughs> like yes yes <laughs>
0: I want to tell a, another story because i okay. have stories about some of these people yeah i <laughs> i played a show in syracuse new york once once that was headline headlined by sonic loom 6 and deals gone bad also played yeah which is a wild ass combination and that i also played obviously as well and like i i've played probably a dozen shows with deals by now uh, like so, I'm, I'm like kind of buddies with them, and they had like their whole van and trailer and everything. And they were some of them wanted to go find like a like a pharmacy to just buy some whatever. And so I ended up driving a few of them to like a CVS or something. And I realized like when we got there, the whole reason we went was because Todd Hembrook needed some mustache wax, <laughs> and he was like. Like, he talked to the cashier, like, hey, what aisle where is your mustache in?" And, like, she didn't know what he was asking for. And, it like, it turned heated. And that was my memory of dealing <laughs> with that. Heated? That it was like, what do you mean you don't know? She's like, I don't, what is mustache wax? She's like, wax for a mustache. And, like, it turned into, like, this whole thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's not his fault. Uh... Todd is a lovely man.
1: Uh, I guess she didn't have an uncle, because everybody's uncle uses mustache. Come on, I know. <laughs> we were we were saying that the, we differed. I was saying that they. I thought they do count as kind of a neo-trad band um, hitting this kind of pinnacle of, of the sound. Uh, you're saying maybe not so much. I think that they're just a little bit... Like, some of the songs...
0: Well, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a little bit strict on neo traditional on the definition of that.
1: So well, I would uh, I, uh, maybe neo trad isn't the right word, but what, I think you would agree, um, and you'll tell me but that this is is very indicative of the 2006-2008 kind of era, this time and place in America.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that it's definitely... Like, that was a time when a lot of bands kind of like this were popping up and doing something, doing a kind of ska that wasn't very much based in rock or punk or anything like that. And they're definitely one of those bands that's not very rooted in rock or punk. I just I hesitate to call them traditional because they have some they're a little bit broader than traditional. All
1: right. How how necessary? How necessary is it? Like do is there a mandate to put this put this in the canon? Oh
0: god, I just think it's really really good. Okay. I think it's I <laughs> I think all the songs are hits. They're all catchy. They're all enjoyable. Everybody is great on this record. And I think that every I think everybody should know this record. Yeah. That's that's why I think it should be in there. I think everybody should know this record. Yeah
1: yeah i think um that while we're talking about this era i think that that along with like the agrilites and the debonairs that uh this record is is very much of the kind of band that was pulling me back into sky that was making me take it seriously that was making me think that there was a scene beyond just the slackers and and yeah i'm very happy to to accept this into the canon canon canon
0: also, there's some remixes out there. I think the remixes are all on the Spotify album at this point. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I did, I did want to say uh, thank you to, to everybody that has been listening. I know I thank you guys a lot, but uh, it, it kind of dawned on me this week that even though I had done a, a, a kind of local show... I never really, I mean, I would get phone calls and I would get tweets here and there, but never had this level of connection to the people listening that I already have uh, since doing this podcast. I, I just really love this, this community that's just already right here. I feel, um, I feel like we're really being heard and I feel like we're starting to, to finally hear back to, I'm just, I'm just really, really jazzed about it for real. Not only are we really being heard, I feel like we're being
0: heard by people that are like us. Like, I feel like the fans, the listeners, are people who share their tastes with us and we have the same kind of passions in, in our lives. And I think that's really cool that even if we don't know you personally... Uh, that you're connecting to us or we're connecting to you or whichever direction the connection goes. uh, I think it's really cool.
1: Yeah, it's very fulfilling. I'm really enjoying it. And with that, I'll say that this concludes another episode of HornPod. If you like what you're hearing, we would love it if you would tell your friends. I mean that. Like, seriously, I know not everybody is on HornPub. And uh, for, for good reason, maybe. Maybe they can't handle these memes. Yeah. Or apparent gatekeeping. I don't know where all this is coming from. Anyway, um, <sighs> tell your friends. Like, maybe they're not in the group, uh, but definitely, like, I would love it to, to expand past that, especially if you know somebody that's like us. Uh, share this episode on social media that is for real. Like, if you would just, like, grab one of our links and just tell the people in your immediate life, maybe maybe somebody will like it that, that maybe you weren't even expecting. Uh, if you would rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform, I know it sucks to say, but man, iTunes is so make or break for podcasts. If you give us a five-star rating on iTunes, we just get put in front of so many more people. And right now, we've only got one review. If you come by and give us a five-star, that would mean so much to me. But most importantly, just just keep keep subscribed, come back and listen to us again uh, for another episode of Horn Pod. Matt, what do you say? I say I love you all and thank you so much. Uh, We'll be back next time
0: with Scott Core. Count on it.
1: (laughs) Scott Core. All right, dude.
0: Bye.